today on the Wager Pager podcast. Mercedes sits down with ESPN chalk writer David Purdom to talk about what states are next to allow sports betting. Plus, they talk about what's happening with the mobile betting apps in New Jersey. That's right. I also got to chat with Josh Applebaum, customer service manager and betting hangout host over at the Action Network. We talked Trump impeachment odds after the Helsinki summit. And we have a special guest to talk NFL week one leans and NFL futures. He's actually one of my oldest friends and OG gambling buddies. We welcome to the Wager Pager podcast team, Jim Rulin. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast, where Mercedes and I talk everything in the world of legalized sports betting and give out picks and analysis. Hi, guys. That's right. So since we last spoke, another sports book in New Jersey just opened, the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands Racetrack. It's right by MetLife Stadium, home of the New York Giants and the Jets. And one thing to note is that it's the only sports book that's located on the premises of an NFL stadium. Yep, and Chris and I were there on opening day. Um, Chris, what did you think? I thought it was great. It's another place to make a legal sports bet. It's much closer to home than Monmouth Park. Yeah. But uh, I got to tell you, when I walked in, the first thing I saw was that they don't have enough ticket windows. Yeah. They only have 10 freaking ticket windows. I think they have three times that amount at Monmouth Park. Yeah. Well, I think they said that they might bring five more in before NFL season starts. Right. But I don't even know if that will help. I mean... Can you just imagine uh, an NFL Sunday, 80,000 people coming over to place bets, and then, God forbid, the Giants or Jets win the line coming out the door to cash those winning tickets? Yeah. It'll be crazy. Yeah, with 10 or 15 windows, it will be crazy. I mean, right away, the first thing that I noticed was, was that the betting lines weren't posted behind the ticket writers at the windows. There's actually just three tiny little rinky-dink screens that are showing the lines in the corner, and there's always a bunch of dudes in front of it, and me as, like, a small four-foot-whatever girl, like, it's really hard to see those lines. And it's just kind of crazy that they weren't posted behind the ticket windows. Yeah, it's like three 40-inch flat screens that they just roll out and like toss in the corner. It's really weird. They don't have the lines posted up on the wall. It's crazy. Yeah. But it was, you know, the first day. So I guess we should give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, it was only the first weekend. And another thing that they were offering was something that they called enhanced offers. (laughs) Yeah, sucker bets, more like it. (laughs) I think they wanted to get people back into the sports book. Right, like that night they were offering the Yankees at plus 200. You can never get the Yankees at that price. But I think they're giving the hometown fans a little gift on opening night. And we were talking to some people there that did mention that there might be some sort of renovation process and that's going to happen before NFL season. But I'm not really sure as to what that's going to be. They really should if they could because the amount of foot traffic that's going to be coming through there is going to be insane. Maybe they think the mobile apps are going to help cut down on some of that foot traffic. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. But for those of you that don't know, the mobile apps were a part of the original bill. It was stated that 30 days after the sports books opened, they would be allowed to have online applications too. But the online apps seem to be like a mystery because no one knows when they're coming out. Yeah, it's a little bit of a secret right now. So to find out more about the mobile apps, I actually spoke with David Purdom. He's a sports gambling reporter from ESPN Chalk. And he also filled me in on some super important updates coming out of the sports gambling world. David, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to The Wager Pager. Let's talk a little bit about um, online wagering. So there are reports that there will be an app available shortly. Do you have any idea on how that's set to look, when that's supposed to be released? Yeah, that's a hot question right now. We're all waiting for the mobile apps to be 
Can you fill me in a little bit on like what states are set to go legal for sports betting? Yeah, let's set the stage here a little bit. So right yeah. now, um, outside of Nevada, we have New Jersey and Delaware are both uh, up and running offering full-scale Las Vegas-style sports betting. Um, in the coming weeks, months, uh, next is probably going to be Mississippi will open up here. And then you're going to see West Virginia, who is targeting the beginning of football season to start. So uh, those four states outside of Nevada are going to be your first ones. Now, there are also some kind of people that are on deck that are uh, taking steps or a little closer than others. Um, I would probably put uh, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, uh, even New York in, in that group of, of the states that are uh, you know, on deck next. So that's kind of where we are right now. And we can skip ahead to next year. I fully believe that we will see, you know, around a dozen or so states uh, be offering legalized sports betting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just so amazing to see. I mean, the Supreme Court ruling was really such a landmark decision. And I mean, and, and now it's pumping, you know, more money back into um, the states that are legal now. So I kind of want to jump to that question a little bit. Um, so Monmouth Park is a place in New Jersey where you can legally sports bet, as well as the Borgata, the Ocean Resort. In about two and a half weeks um, that all of these places allowed sports betting, um, there was a pretty significant number that was released in terms of how much they brought in. Yeah, we had $16.4 million wagered in that two-and-a-half-week span through about the middle of June through the end of June. They were the first ever concrete revenue numbers that we saw from New Jersey sports betting. And as you mentioned, we're talking just three uh, casinos or and or racetracks uh, that were included in those numbers. And really only two of them were open up for the whole full two-and-a-half-week ocean resort that just opened up a few days. On top of that, we saw the racetrack at the Meadowland right there uh, next to the MetLife Stadium where the Jets and Giants played. Uh, they opened their sports book under the FanDuel brand, and they took a million dollars in wagers in the first two days that they were open. So I think, you know, we all thought, knew there was a lot of interest in sports betting. This is new. Um, these are new opportunities for people, so there's a novelty effect. Um, I would assume they'll kind of temper down. There's probably not going to be uh, $500,000 wagered every uh, July day during uh, that Meadowlands, for example. Uh, so we'll, we'll see kind of how it levels off. And of course, once we get to football season, though, it's going to skyrocket right back up. Definitely, definitely. David, thank you so much for joining me. That's David Purden. He is the sports gambling reporter over at ESPN Chalk. Uh, David, thanks again for your input. Very, very wise. A lot of good stuff happening. Uh, and we will, uh, we will be checking in with you very, very soon. Wow, 16 million wagered at those three sports books in 17 days. Yeah, can you believe that? And can you believe that $1 million was wagered at the FanDuel Sportsbook in just two days? Insane. That's insane. So obviously, legal sports betting is opening up a huge market. Yeah. And I'm not sure if everyone out there knows, but you can bet on just about anything. So we're going to be following some of the fun, exotic wagers you can make on things like entertainment and politics. And keep in mind, guys, these types of bets cannot be done in a legal sports book. They're mostly offered online and in offshore accounts. So we spoke with Josh Applebaum over at the Action Network. In case you guys aren't familiar with the Action Network, it's a website that offers sharp analytics to bettors and an app that keeps track of your bets. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, And Josh and I spoke about President Trump's impeachment odds that are now on the move, especially after the Helsinki summit. 
All right, guys, so we are here with Josh Applebaum. He's also known as Action Applebaum. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. Uh, he is the customer service manager and betting hangout host at the Action Network. Josh, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mercedes. Really happy to uh, talk betting with you. Awesome. So we have some a pretty interesting topic today. Normally, the wager pager doesn't get into politics, but we have some pretty interesting lines on Trump impeachment. Um, I think it's super interesting. Can you talk to me a little bit about them? What is the deal going on with Trump impeachment odds? Yeah, so this is kind of crazy. I think uh, just generally speaking, uh, a lot of bettors don't know that you can bet on politics. On Trump, uh, we saw some huge movement on a bunch of different Trump odds after his meeting in Helsinki with uh, Vladimir Putin. So, for anyone you know who doesn't know, Trump caught a ton of heat for basically uh, appearing to side with Putin and kind of go against his own intelligence community in terms of Russian hacking. And he, you know, the next day walked it back and said, "You know, I meant to say, uh, see no reason why it wouldn't be Russia instead of wood." Uh, <laughs> this whole thing. Caused a big uproar. You rarely ever see Trump take anything back, so you kind of knew it was a big deal and it seemed like he was kind of forced to walk it back the next day. But, uh, yeah, we saw some huge movement across the betting market based on the help to see press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was basically 2020 odds, so his odds of being reelected in 2020. You saw odds take a hit. So before the Helsinki Summit, Trump was at plus 105. But after the Helsinki conference, he rose from plus 105 to plus 145. You know, the implied probability basically dipped from around 50% to around 40%. And then the other big one was Bovada, uh, which is a pretty public book. They posted odds on Trump to be impeached and Trump to be convicted by the Senate, uh, as well as odds to resign. The crazy one was to be impeached, Trump was minus 200. Yep. Minus 200 is pretty crazy. That's the implied probability of almost 70%, like 66%. So basically, he's a favorite to be impeached. His odds of resigning are plus 200. So you're a little bit plus money there. That's an implied probability of like 33%. So that those are really the eye-popping ones. He convicted by the Senate. He was plus 450. So $100 bet would win you 450. So it's more of a long shot. But one thing I would caution, though, is with these prop bets here, well, a lot is only hitting one side. You know, you can only bet on minus 200 to be impeached. There's no option not be Same thing with, with resigning. It's plus 300 to resign, but there's no second option to bet on not to resign. Right, and, and and what does that mean? Why are they only offering one side of the bet? Yeah, so I always take with a grain of salt. I'm always wary of prop bets that only list one side. Um, that's kind of a red flag to me right mm. off the bat. Interesting. Because with prop bets, folks make a ton of money off of prop bets, and they're only going to post one if they have a pretty good edge and they feel like they can make good money off it so the fact that they would only post one side that's kind of telling you like they're fine for people betting the minus 200 they're not worried about getting cleaned out by uh you know a ton of big bets coming in and the limits of anyway a lot of times you'll see a lot of books just try to capitalize on what's hot in the news and people are talking about the Helsinki summit they're talking about the Mueller probe yeah have you seen where most of the money is on what side or how much not really. The books kind of keep that pretty close to the best. Kind of the best way to monitor that is uh, just kind of see how the lines move. Definitely. And we'll keep an eye on it and uh, we'll check in with you, Josh, you know, time to time once uh, things are happening in the political world. That is Josh Applebaum. He is the customer service manager and betting hangout host over at the Action Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. Again, Josh, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us and uh, we'll check in with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Mercedes.
What's up, guys? It's an honor to welcome into the studio one of my oldest and best friends and a damn good handicapper, Jim Ruin. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Right on, dude. Let's get some locks. Let's hit some bets. Let's get some dough. Yeah, man. Let's do this. Let's have fun. Just to give you guys a little background, me and Jimmy grew up together. We met in, like, what, fourth or fifth grade, started playing sports together in, like, sixth grade. Yep. Mm-hmm. Moved yeah. on to high school. We uh, both got really into football. Jimmy went on after high school and played uh, a little college ball. Played cornerback uh-huh. at Marist College. So Jim's going to be bringing the uh, player's perspective to our handicapping here on the Wager Pager podcast. So what do you think about all this? Like, do you think it's crazy that, uh, that sports betting is legal now in, in New Jersey? I definitely think it is. It's just crazy how now it's like so many states are now, it seems like they're on board, just slowly bringing it along. And back then when we thought it was like, why is this illegal? It's fun, you know, but now it is legal. So now it's like, you know, let's win some money legally. All right. Well, why don't you tell me and our audience in a nutshell, what type of sports better are you? Typically when it comes to games, me picking them, I try to see what games initially uh, catch my eye. It's just kind of that gut feeling. Then as I pick those, I might go through and just start doing research. Who's playing? Where are they playing on this certain schedule? Taking a little bit more of the analytics, kind of the game planning. Technical aspect. trends. Yeah, technical trends. I try to take that into it. Weather. Know. I know you're a big weather yeah, guy. Yeah, you know, how's the weather? So just kind of taking a lot of those little aspects and trying to see where's the advantage and hopefully be on the right side of it. I uh, also take a lot of those things into uh, factor. I would definitely uh, consider a lot of those things that you just said, but I guess you could say I'm more of a circumstantial player. I look at uh, every week as a different situation. I like to see how many games they've lost or won coming in, how many games the opponent has lost or won coming in. There's a lot of times uh, controversy going on with changing players in and out of the depth chart, or maybe there's a controversy with, with the coach or or something going on in the media, and I just like to weigh in all these different things. Suspensions or bans, you know, maybe something like that. 100%. More of a spot player. I I just like to pick my spots and uh, weigh the circumstances as it pertains to those spots. So even though we may differ a little bit in the way we play, I'd say the one main uh, trait that we both have as handicappers is the fact that we're both contrarian players. Yeah, we like to follow the money trends, see where the money's going. Um, If there's a lot of money on one side, we tend to go with the other side because at the end of the day, we like to play with the casino. We want to be on the side that the bookies need to win because, what, eight, nine times out of ten, the bookies win. Yep. So definitely staying away from the public, especially if the public's trying to bet an underdog. The public does not know how to bet underdogs. They don't know how to bet favorites. They don't really know how to bet in general. So... We like to stay on the other side, the side that's in the know and the side that's a little more sharp. So I know it's only mid-July, but do you think it's a little too early to start looking at NFL Week 1 lines? Nah, I mean, it's, it never hurts to look at a line and kind of just see, are you still feeling that certain side? You, you know, know, so initial leans. Yeah, you know, the, the leans are definitely a part of the game. You know, which games just initially kind of do I like, you know, who I want to maybe consider playing. And then as the, you know, as the week goes on and, and things, you start to unravel things. And if you get closer to that pick, that's definitely uh, the way to play them, I think. All right, so let's... Let's, let's just take a look at NFL Week 1 Lines Early Leans. For some reason, I like the Atlanta-Philly game. Atlanta getting some points. You know, they're a strong team. A couple years ago, they were Super Thinking Bowl. Uh, Philly on the little Super Bowl hangover? Uh, a little bit, you know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they're a good team. You know, they're going to be a formidable opponent for the East. But I just don't know 
how that team is going to respond, you know, with Nick Foles. I mean, he's definitely a good quarterback, but Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, you know, good defense. I mean, two years ago. Dirty birds, baby. Yeah, two years ago, you know, they were runners up. Hopefully, you know, people might be sleeping on Atlanta, so I like them. Uh, All right, cool. Before you go any further, let me just tell you right away that I also agree. Atlanta is definitely one of my early leans. Like you said, uh, the year before last, they were victims of the 28-3 comeback in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. But surprisingly, they did not have any sort of... uh, hangover from that last year they went all the way to the divisional round ended up losing the offense did take a step back under Steve Sarkeesian so uh, let's see where they go this year but I have some faith in them they're they're locked and loaded they have basically their whole squad back from last year I do like Atlanta plus four where it stands right now 76% of the money is going on the the Eagles side so like we said earlier we want to you know buck that trend so uh, what else? What other games are you looking at? One that I, I like uh, that kind of stuck out, that New Orleans against Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, you know, New Orleans had that heartbreaking loss against Minnesota. The yeah. Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, yeah, dude, like just crazy. So I, I think uh, with that upcoming young offense, New Orleans, you know, leaning against Tampa, Winston out a couple games. So no more Doug Martin. You know, you got Mike Evans, who's throwing the mic. So... But yeah, I just like... I uh, think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's throwing the mic. You know, that's probably true. So the journeyman, I like uh, the Saints, you know, minus at home, you know, to open it up. So. Right on. What's that line on that? I think I had like nine, nine and a half. Saints so, minus nine yeah, and a half. I, I can see that. I can see I, that. If you can get under nine, I think that's a, a good play. But nine, you know, I, I can see them winning by like almost uh, a, a field goal and a touch. So. All right, all right. The next game that I'm looking at here on the NFL Week 1 early leans, call me crazy, but I like Seattle. I like the Seattle Seahawks plus two. I think you can find that plus two and a half in some places. 97% of the money is on Denver. I know like they've had a good defense the past couple of years, but it's also an old defense. Those players are aging. And you can't go wrong with Russell Wilson, man. Russell Wilson's my guy. The Legion of Boone has been dismantled a bit, but I still believe in Russell Wilson. What's your uh, next game? Uh, the next one I like, I'm going to go with uh, a home dog. I like uh, Oakland, you know, against the Rams. You know, don't get me wrong, the Rams are a good up and young team. Uh, they put some serious free agent acquisitions and signings this year. I definitely think they're going to be a, a team to reckon with in the NFC. I like to see what John Gruden has. I think he's going to come out swinging. I think uh, Chucky. <laughs> I think Oakland. I think they might say it too. They think they fell short a little bit last year. They had some high expectations, almost a Super Bowl uh, sleeper, and then you know they struggled on the way. But I think you know with Oakland, you know I, I like what they kind of got going defensive wise. You know, so uh, yeah, I like uh, Oakland at plus three at home to start the season. You know, you know how big home game, dog. Yeah, home dog. At I think home. that's on Monday night too, right? Start the season. Yes, it is. It's so, one of the Monday night doubleheader yep. games. So yeah, that's who I like. Oakland. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on here. My next game, you're probably going to be surprised. Uh, just as a disclaimer out to the audience, I don't think that everyone knows yet, but I'm a diehard Giants fan. I, I bleed blue. Big blue wrecking crew. Eli's my guy. You sometimes use the, the big blue to, to put games on. Yeah, you yeah. I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been known to bet them a little too much in the past, probably uh, a few more times than I should have. But I, I actually... <laughs> You've always come out on top, though. I'm going like. against them. 
in week one. What? I think uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a, an appearance in the AFC Championship game. Tough loss to the Patriots. I think they come out week one and give the Giants all they got. They're a minus three and a half favorite. 78% of the money, again, is on the Giants at plus three and a half. And like I always say, the public does not know how to bet underdogs. I will take Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three and a half. Wow, and you call yourself a fan? I thought you were a Giants <laughs> fan. No, that's that's saying a lot, though, uh, if you're going against your G-man. But I guess what, my fourth pick, uh, if I had to play, you know, I'm I'm probably looking at that San Fran-Minnesota game. San Fran plus five. I want to see what uh, Jimmy G has to offer. Jimmy Jesus. Um, you know, Minnesota, uh, they got a new QB, so it's not like, is the defense going to be able to handle and maintain that, you know, that team until they get the offensive going, so... Uh, I like uh, San Fran, you know, trying to uh, see if they are that dark horse that everyone is kind of putting on for the NFC and plus five against uh, Minnesota. And they still are undefeated, right, under Jimmy G? I believe so. Dating, five going back to last year, I think yeah. they lost, yeah, won the last five games of the year. I'd say my last uh, pick, if I had to pick one today, I want to go with the Indianapolis Colts. What? Andrew Luck is back. What? He hasn't played is in two back? years. Is he back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lot. Hasn't seen them throw in almost, what, a year and a half? There is a lot of public uh, money on it, but they're going up against the shithouse Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are a team destined to perform poorly, as usual. Yeah, but they usually start hot, and then they stumble. Yeah, I have a lot of faith in Andrew Luck. The guy's been battling to get back on the field for over two years now, and I think he's going to really come out and, and uh, perform. Yeah, so I got one favorite, New Orleans, you know, at home to start the season. I got... Atlanta, plus four. San Fran getting five against Minnesota. Jimmy G, let's go. The Saints as my uh, only favorite to uh, to win at uh, minus nine. And then Oakland uh, right now at home as a home dog on Monday night to start the season off at uh, plus three. Right on. And who knows? Everything could change. So now let's uh, let's transition to uh, our last segment here with uh, Jim Rulin. I wish I could keep him all night. Talk a little futures bets. It's never too early to talk futures bets, right? <laughs> You were always a little bit more successful with the futures than I was. Uh, I always wanted to play with that money right away rather than uh, put it on a future and have to wait uh, two months. But uh, but futures are always fun to kind of see uh, if the way you're thinking beginning the season was right. And I've had some good luck with futures mm-hmm. in the past. I uh, I hit the Giants both times they were in the Super Bowls recently. I hit the uh, Lakers one year when they got traded for Pau Gasol midseason. Mm-hmm. I hit the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes a couple years back when they won the national championship. Yeah. I hit the Yankees that year when they won it with A-Rod. So, yeah, I've had some good luck with Futures. I look at Futures as an, as just as a long-term investment, and they really make the, uh, the season fun yeah. when, you're, when you're playing the season long-term like that. So since you've been so good with Futures, you know, with uh, your recent runs and stuff like that, you know, what kind of Futures do you, are you liking for the NFL in regards to uh, Super Bowl uh, champ? To win it all, NFL? Yeah, I want to see who you got. Don't All tell right. me the Giants. No, no, no. I mean, well, if I sitting here in mid-July, if I had to pick, I guess we could toss around a couple ideas. Why don't we each pick uh, two teams from each conference that we think have a shot? Something that's uh, valuable, something that looks sexy. I'll start it off here. You know who I love, absolutely love, and I think has a chance to go all the way? Coming out of the NFC West, your Los Angeles Rams. Actually, Mercedes Barba's Los Angeles Rams. They just signed Brandon Cooks to a long-term deal. They got Goff, Gurley, and Aaron Donald all for like nothing, all under $22 million. They have a, a very young core. They have the 
the best coach in the NFL, coming off NFL Coach of the Year, Sean McVay. And I just think they got a lot going for them. They can come out of a out of the NFC West uh, fairly easy, I think, with Seattle and Arizona kind of on the downswing. Yeah, I like the Rams. They're sitting right now at twelve to one. Hundred dollar bet on that brings you back twelve hundred. Not bad. Who the who's gonna stop the Rams? Maybe the Saints. You know, they're contender. You know, you got uh, Philly, obviously Super Bowl champ. Are they gonna stop them? You know who. They're going to have that hardcore Bay, Super Bowl hangover. You know? So, I mean, I mean, I think that is a sexy pick. What are you feeling? <laughs> what are you looking at? Uh, what piques your interest in the NFC? Uh, it's tough. Uh, if I had to play, you know, because, you know, uh, a nice bet, nice payout if they do hit, uh, seeing maybe a different team out there. I'm going to have to take a team from uh, the NFC uh, South. Uh, I like the Saints, you know, can Drew Brees, you know, last year or two, maybe three of his career in the Saints, you know, with that Who offense? that? Who that? <laughs> Who that mean, say they're going to beat them Saints? I mean, think they should have been contending for, you know, the NFC Championship. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were saying if they went, they probably would have been able to knock off Philly in New Orleans and kind of change the trajectory of last year's winner. But, hey, my hat's off to Philly, but... You know, I think if you if the Saints were there, the Saints could have been playing in that Super Bowl last year. So, I like the Saints at plus twenty two hundred. So yeah, man, that's uh, a good one. Alvin Kamara is an alter beast. He's a freaking extraterrestrial. Don't forget about Michael Thomas. They're stacked. Yeah, and their defense is coming along. So, so that's kind of like who my dark horse for the NFC uh, Super Bowl winner. So. So if you want to talk underdogs, I got a nice little long shot coming out of the NFC North. It's my distant cousin, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers. From what I read on the internet, A. Rodgers on a revenge tour, and I don't want to, if I was an NFL defense, I would want no part of that. Can never go wrong with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. He always has them well. Uh, too bad he got hurt. So, uh, But yeah, man, you know, uh, but you said a long shot. What's the, what are they getting? Well, I've seen them at different numbers. I'm looking at VegasInsider.com right now. They're sitting at 14 to 1. Nice little $200 bet on that would be $2,800 on the comeback. No, I mean, definitely, I think, a smart money play, you know. Uh, Never hurts to take Green Bay. They're always in the discussion, so I think that's a smart play. So for me, uh, you know, this is just kind of, you know, me being a fan a little bit too, but I kind of like their odds. Hopefully they're not that far away. I like. Don't say the Cowboys. You know what? A hundred dollar bet to win me uh, over three grand. Oh you know, my on my boys. Come on, man. So uh, they have so, not yeah. won the Super Bowl <clears throat> since 1994. Hey, the the trend's got to be bucked sometime, right? It's almost you 25 know? years. Yeah, believe me, you don't have to remind me. You do every time. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> who are you guys throwing to out there? <laughs> Honestly, as a fan, I'm I don't know right now. You know, <laughs> uh, hey Dez, come back on a discount. Might you have know. to bring back Dez. Yeah, dude, maybe get To out of his uh, Hall of Fame speech. Get To and Dez together. So now, nah, yeah, but if also- you can uh, lure <clears throat> To away from the CFL, you know he's about to sign <laughs> with the uh, Edmonton Eskimos or somebody, right? Uh, I believe so, but like I said, it's not smart money. I'm betting more as a fan of uh, the team, and I like the odds. You know where. Hey, if they win, they pull it through. It's I think a nice future. So yeah, yeah, yeah. America's team. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the AFC here. I'll start us off. Um, a team that I really like that that has a realistic chance, I think, to go all the way is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got Big Ben Roethlisberger. It could be one of his last years. You got uh, three-headed bees. 
got the Killer Bees, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has already gone public and, and pretty much said this will be his last year as a Pittsburgh Steeler because they chose to franchise tag him once again. And uh, it looks like he's pretty much going to test the trade waters next year, but he has gone on record on Twitter saying this will be his best year ever. So I really like the Steelers. I mean, this is obviously counting out the Patriots, which you should never do. But um, I'm thinking uh, if there is a team that could upset them, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's a good play. For me, I think probably my dark horse uh, for the AFC Another one about thirty-three to one, Oakland. You, you know? love the Raiders. I don't know if I love the Raiders. I just, you know what? The uh, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I just think, you know, uh, hopefully John Gruden uh, can respark some magic. It's just crazy, and I just, you know, last year I think they uh, fell short. I think this year, if everything kind of goes the way they thought, uh, again, just a, another fun uh, future. You know, putting down on uh, I think a dark horse like the you know the Raiders. So. Very cool, very cool. I do like Derek Carr. They brought in Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, my last play, uh, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. It's still weird to say that. The L.A. Chargers, I like their odds at 20-1. to 1. You got Phillip Rivers, future Hall of Famer. What a career he's had. Be- really been following him for a very long time because he's always been kind of tied in close with Eli, with what happened with them and, and their uh the draft situation back in the day but yeah they have probably the most talented roster in the whole nfl either them or the rams uh top to bottom their defense is stacked they got melvin gordon running out of the backfield who's just turning into an excellent player i like the los angeles chargers they're sitting right now 20 to 1 20 to 1 it's kind of crazy though uh afc is kind of a little bit different the juggernaut patriots you know it's kind of hard not to have them uh, not there up top, but uh, you know what? I'm going to be a poor sport on this and probably say the Patriots, you know, that's safe money. I mean, I'm looking at this line right now. There's like no AFC team but the Patriots, so it's like 6-1 to one money. You know, if I had to play, uh, I mean, the Texans, you know what? The Texans would be a sexy pick too, 20-1. If I had to pick another AFC team, I, I like the Texans. Okay, and like we said at the top, these are just our uh... – Initial thoughts about early NFL Week 1 lines and our initial thoughts about NFL futures. All right, dude. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. This is going to be the uh, the first of many episodes that, that I hope to have you here and appear on. Looking forward to it. Seeing if uh, the plays we like make us some money on the way. So let's have fun doing this, my friend. Let's do this. Right on, dude. I'm looking forward to having you back very often. Looking forward to the start of football season. And uh, let's do this, man. Get pumped. Get psyched. Let's make this money. So that's it, guys. That's it for episode two. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And don't forget to leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you guys think, so keep them coming. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours and all calls are confidential. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's The Wager Pager Podcast. The Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted and co-produced by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Edited by Mercedes Barba. Created by Chris Rogers. Music by The Morose Project. Produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. 
Here we go.